Tyson's quote is saying, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. <laughs> and so, you know, I think that's when, you know, when you're in the grind of seminary life and you are in the trenches, it's um, how well you can audible. How I accomplish that is I cling to 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, that his grace is sufficient for me. Welcome back to Roundtable, a podcast produced by Mid-America Reform Seminary. This is episode 48, and I'm Jared Luchibor. Thank you for joining us. You'll remember last week we had our Director of Enrollment, Brian Blummer, behind the mic. He joins us again this week as he interviews one of our incoming students, a former National Hockey League player turned seminary student, Mr. Michael Wall from British Columbia. I hope you enjoy their conversation as Michael elaborates on his journey to seminary. Well, thanks, Jared. Uh, for our listeners out there, I am with a very special guest this morning. Uh, Michael Wall is across the table from me. And uh, if you could uh, see us here in the room, we're arm wrestling across the table. Uh, well, no, Michael is uh, one of our juniors here, one of our first year students. And he comes to us. Uh, I wrote this down, Michael, so I get it right. Faith Reformed Church of Telqua. Is that right? You nailed it. All right. Part of the United Reformed Churches in British Columbia. So for our American listeners way out on the West. But uh, thanks, Michael, for being with me this morning. My pleasure. So let's get right into it. Uh, we want to talk sort of your your path to seminary, but let's start with uh, just the path to faith. Um, you're married to Heather. Yes. High yep. school sweethearts. High school sweethearts, yeah. And so I understand you and Heather sort of came to faith relatively later in life. What was that experience and how have you seen changes in your life in Christ? Yeah, so Heather and I, we didn't make profession of faith uh, in Telqua. And I was 30 years old and I won't disclose my wife's age, but... Good call. Yeah. <laughs> so um, for that experience for us, it, um, it started... After watching uh, Paul Washer sermon, um, the sermon was called "Shocking Youth Message," and for me, that was my wrestle. I was 20 years old when I thought I made a profession of faith. I would argue that it was I confess Christ as Savior, but not as Lord. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I didn't really understand until I watched that sermon that that's exactly what I was. And it was, mm -hmm. he preached on Matthew 7 um, about, uh, I never knew you. Mm -hmm. And so that was mm -hmm. that was me. That was not having that relationship with Christ and understanding that um, he is not just a savior, but Lord as well. And that I needed to turn from my, you know, autonomy and look to him for for everything that I I have. And so for me, that was, that was the turning point in our life. That um, it was New Year, uh, New Year's Eve. We were going to a friend's house, and Heather and I, we were like, we need to ask about church. And we had friends that were attending Telco Faith, and they were gracious enough to talk with us. And uh, we went. I think it was the following Sunday we went to church for the first time, and that was an intimidating experience. And so Heather and I, you know, before I get too far into that story we you know kind of grew up with a little bit of a christian background we were both baptized anglican um, as infants we mm. um 
kind of, I didn't, like I said, I didn't really make, uh, you know, what I thought was a profession of faith when I was 20 and, you know, lived a life that was confessing Christ as Savior, but not Lord. Um, I stopped um, playing professional hockey because I felt the conflict between that, um, the tension between Christianity and hockey. Uh, I didn't want to be a slave to hockey anymore, but what I didn't understand is that I was still a slave to my flesh. And Mm -hmm. so that was kind of, I would say, best um, understanding of that eight years before, you know, no, that's 10 years of Heather and I, um, when I first made that profession of faith to, um, finally making a, what I believe was a true profession of faith in front of a congregation at the URC in Telqua. Okay. Well, praise God for that. And Paul Washer putting a shot across your bow. Oh yeah. I mean, it's to answer the second part of your question about what's changed. It's everything has changed. Heather and I, we went from, two incomes and doing whatever we wanted to, you know, Heather being a stay-at-home mom and crushing that job. And, you know, now we have three kids and that's been an absolute blessing where we didn't even, kids was not even on our radar. It's not something that we were interested in at all, but it was when we went to Faith Reformed Church in Telco, we understood what it was like, um, you know, that family aspect and what it was like serving the Lord with a family. It's uh, one of my joys now is waking up every morning to be able to do family worship with the girls and and teach them and it's just for me it's a it's such a blessing now that um we can do that mm, what a joy mm-hmm. what a joy well welcome to seminary here uh, you've got summer greek under your belt now. Mm-hmm, done let's kind of talk now about your path to seminary mm-hmm. you already um mentioned playing professional hockey. Mm -hmm. So something I'm finding in this job is there's no one path to seminary. Mm -hmm. You're some living proof of that, Mm -hmm. but every story we go through is different. So there's no one path. Well, what was the path for you to arrive here at Mid-America? My my path to ministry first started with Reverend Folkers handing me a call to preach um, book like any good Mars alumni would, I think, and he... Like John Cinema. Yes, and, yeah. and so for me, that was a, it was the starting portal. Let's, that's step number one was actually taking that serious. Hmm. From there, it was always a battle of my abilities and what I thought I had to contribute and how I thought they were deficient. And it wasn't until I read Exodus and looked at Moses and what, you know, he had the same complaints that mm-hmm. I had. And that God doesn't always use a perfect vessel to accomplish his tasks. And the academic start part of it was intimidating. I come from a sports background. So, you know, school to me was not even remotely on my radar whatsoever. I, from, you know, the time I was, as, as far as long as I can remember, I always had a, a joy and love for sports. And that's something that I always wanted to do. But for me, that was another wrestling question I had is would I be able to tackle um, the academic portion of uh, mm. this call to ministry, mm. right? There's going to be lots of lots of reading. And as I grew in um, along in those catechism classes with uh, Reverend Folkerts, those were a blessing to kind of understand a little bit more of what what it meant to have knowledge of the Word and, Christ, and what's Christ done for us. And that's kind of set my you know, a second step was having a love for the word and learning about theology and apologetics and church history and, you know, just those kind of things where I had, I mean, before that was 
nowhere near um, an interest of mine whatsoever. Reading a book, I think maybe in high school, I would say maybe I finished one or two books, and it was because it was not what I wanted to do mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. And so that was probably step two. And that's when I think I started to think a little bit, hey, maybe I have the aptitude for this and I can do this. And I think one of the other things that I really needed to cultivate was a love for people. And I started to cultivate that as a deacon. Uh, when I became a deacon, then I realized what it, kind of more what it meant to serve as a church, hmm. in, in a church. And for me, that was uh, understanding the love of people that, you know, I'm not going to be up there every Sunday just pontificating from the pulpit that, mm-hmm. you know, I want to have a deep love for people and helping them apply the rich truths that is the gospel to their mm-hmm. lives and so they can understand. And so for me, that was um, step number three, four. The, um, you know, at this point, I'm kind of dipping my toe in the water and, you know, thinking about it. And Heather's on board at this point, too. We, um, you know, we come from a different perspective, too, where, you know, we kind of front loaded our life with all these activities and now, we're just excited. I really want to serve the Lord. So this point, you know, I've got Heather on board. We're excited to go. And mm-hmm. um, Joel Arbiki, who's an influential for me um, with regards to his family worship little book, and that was helpful because we come from unbelieving background. And, you know, I have kids now. How do I raise them according to the word? Mm-hmm. And and so that was really important for me. And he was in Smithers at a um, a family worship conference. And he was preaching or teaching on the uh, the covenant, and he on the he had a whiteboard up there, and he drew lines of you know people in the covenant, and there's people outside of the covenant, and him bringing people inside of the covenant, and that was kind of the the push over the edge that I needed, and I was like, wow, this is what the Lord's done for me. He's mm-hmm. brought me outside here where I had no, you know, I was fully content, mm-hmm. not serving him, not loving him, and for me, that really just it just clicked mm-hmm. then, and you know, it was I almost got emotional just case that's when I realized like this is what the Lord's done for me so you know if I you know send me anywhere now Lord because mm-hmm. I just want to follow you and and be um, in service of you and then so that's where I again had that conversation with Reverend Folkerts and he mm-hmm. um, you know was a very encouraging and he was always that that process and the elders at um, Intelqua too helped me along with that process and then you know, applied. And then fortunately for you guys, I mean, not for you guys, but for me that (laughs) (laughs) I am allowed to be here because I knew I come from, you know, uh, unique circumstances. So I think, you know, maybe it's not, my journey was just different, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm extremely fortunate for every door that the Lord's open for me. And I'm so happy that I can be here and and Mm -hmm. learn more about him so that Mm -hmm. I can go wherever he sends me Mm -hmm. to teach others about him too. Yeah. So I guess that's, that's just it, right? I mean, a lot of the particulars of people's stories tend to change, but those trends are always there. The the ones that, and I'm glad you brought them up, starting with a booklet, even like uh, Reverend Sinema's book, and then doing that self-searching, going on to trying out your gifts, right? And uh, finding you enjoy them and finally getting your, your life in order. That's, that's uh, really good. And we're glad to have you. So glad to be here. And I just got to thinking that, conditioning in athletics is probably a little different than conditioning here at seminary, maybe with a Van Til in your hand now, or maybe it's not all that different. Um, are you already sensing some highs and lows uh, to the challenges of seminary? And how are you, how are you handling those? So I don't, I don't try to focus on the highs and lows. 
um, as a professional athlete before, right? You never want to be never too high, never too low, always even keel. And I think for me, if I want to steal a mantra from the Navy SEALs that the only easy day was yesterday. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to try to take into every day um, on my Christian pilgrimage through sanctification is that I may have easy days, but that's some of my expectation. My expectation is going to be, you know, grinding and that there has to be, uh, when I can focus on, on that, I can have, I'll have a better understanding when suffering comes and trials and tribulations come. And I think for me, that's as an athlete helped me in that, in that journey is here. I have a unique perspective because I lived outside the fence and now I'm inside the fence and I can take what I've learned uh, playing hockey and the anxiety you have trying to figure out your worldview apart from Christ is can be a mentally draining thing. Mm. But now everything I do, I have Christ and it just makes things a lot easier. Not that every day is going to be easy, like I said, but that I have someone there that, you know, it's always going to be my comfort and my guide and knows me better than I know myself. So every, you know, it's as we learned in Greek about um, the irregularities of the Greek language, that it's for my sanctification, right? And that's just, that's Dr. Minninger. And that's, you know, just a short summary of what Romans 8.28 is, right? Mm. I mean, all things work um, together for my good. And that's part of my sanctification to make me more like Christ. And Mm. so when I, when I hear the high and low question, I, it, um, I always want to be in the lows because that's where all the work gets done and that's what's going to conform me to the image of the Christ more so than the highs. But to answer, I guess, your question more directly, that there is definitely highs and lows. Um, you know, And that's what Heather and I really used Summer Greek for was to kind of iron out the kinks mm-hmm. uh, because we, you know, academic life hasn't been something for us. Now the Lord has granted me with a wife who all understands athletics. She was an athlete herself. Um so she understands kind of my drive and where that's coming from. And mm-hmm. I think for her, she, I mean, I told her, I was like, you, I'm the one, you know, signing the top of my test, but the score is something we've achieved together. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. for us, I think, you know, we we take that drive as us both being athletes and trying to accomplish that goal. Now we can try our best to iron out the kinks and have a plan or an SOP for all our um you know, how we're going to tackle seminary life. But, you know, it's uh, Mike Tyson's quote is saying, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. <laughs> and so, you know, I think that's when, you know, when you're in the grind of seminary life and you are in the trenches, it's um, how well you can audible. Yeah. You know, when things, when you see the defense stacking up and they're, you know, you want to make a an audible, are you, are you able to make that call, right? Um, you know, when the... When that fire comes, let's, you know, there might be, it might not be what you drew up, but, you know, you got to make an audible to to try to overcome those problems. And how I accomplish that is I cling to 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, that his grace is sufficient for me. Mm-hmm. And um, we've talked about a little bit about my story and how academics was something on my background. And, yeah, I mean, you can make the case that maybe, like I said, you have skills that are um, that I was using for my selfish desires and now for seminary. But I think for me, I know what I was and I know what I would be apart from God's grace in my life. And I think mm-hmm. that 
um, for me, I cling to that hope of that his grace is sufficient for me and that he'll uphold me through this process and that, you know, a prayerful dependence on him will be, um, you know, will not just help me through the, the process, but will enrich in those, that bond between me and Christ that uh, will help me overcome any obstacle I have. Uh, that's, that's so good. And I think we're going we're gonna to trust that none of the faculty give you that Mike Tyson punch in the, in the face there. <laughs> so, But... Let's um, let's scan the the landscape a little bit, just as sort of wrapping this up. Um, you're brand new here. You have one summer done. As you look ahead, is there anything that you're most looking forward to, either in the fall semester coming up or the years that are ahead? Yeah, I think for me, like I talked about that process of sanctification, uh, the growth is probably what I'm looking most forward to. Is what a sermon will look like year one to year three and how much I'll grow in the understanding of the scriptures, especially now, even just with the summer of Greek under my belt, it's, it's so much more enjoyable opening up the scriptures and having a little bit more knowledge about what's going on in there. Mm. And so my growth is personally, that's what I'm looking forward to learning um, from the professors. There's a lot more wisdom here than I've ever been around. Uh, one of the attributes I think that made me successful in hockey was being pliable and letting others influence and share and being able to not be stubborn and that I know the way already hmm. that I'm just here to for a certification that I can accomplish my goals, but that you know I'm pliable and that they can uh, help mold me into becoming more like Christ. And I think for me that's that's what I'm looking forward to the most is trying is, is that process of sanctification. Um, I think with Mars, the map program is, is so awesome to be able to summer assignments. I'm already looking mm. forward to mm-hmm. that is nerve wracking. It'll be my first time, you know, serving a church in that mm-hmm. capacity. It'll be a little bit nerve wracking, but they're going to equip me for, to be able to tackle that, that task. And so, and then, you know, from there, if we want to go, further down the road um just the excitement i I mean these life these last five years are any indication of what our life will be like in christ that you know it excites me to who knows where we're going to be if um you know god calls us to a mission or a church or whatever the task may be teach who knows um, it's always exciting knowing that he has a perfect plan, that his plan is perfect, and that we don't have to worry that it's all going to be for our sanctification through the highs and the lows, as he said, mm-hmm. right? It's it's for our sanctification, and that's, for me, it's an exciting process where, um, you know, we can be a part of that plan that he uses a tool like me, some, you know, from a place that's 40 hours away, an, you know, an ex-professional hockey player that um, that he wants to use me to help accomplish his goals for his will and for me that's i think what excites me the most Hmm. this has just been so rich you know so good to be able to sit down with you Um, i I think there's a lot of encouragement that our listeners can take from this time whether they're a supporter of our seminary or even thinking about being a student here so i think it's a good reminder too for our listeners to be praying for not only our our incoming class, our incoming class certainly, but our whole student body that's going to be returning here. 
Absolutely. Prayers are powerful and we definitely need them. That was something I learned through summer Greek too, is a prayerful dependence on the Lord. It's a wonderful thing. You know, I would, for my wife, even something my kids enjoyed doing. Daddy has a big exam today. We need mm. to be praying for Daddy mm-hmm. for his exam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's good. You're doing it here on the ground, and we'll have lots of people around the world now being reminded to keep that up for you. So, thanks for joining me today. Thank you. My pleasure. That was our Director of Enrollment, Brian Blummer, facilitating a discussion with current junior student Michael Wall from British Columbia. Well, next week we start something a little unique to the podcast. Here at Mid-America, there's a book in the works, a compilation of Christ-centered sermons given by our faculty here in the Chapel of Mid-America. So we thought we'd give you a sneak peek and showcase a couple of these sermons for you. First up is Dr. J. Mark Beach with a word from the Book of Judges. For more podcast episodes, you can find us on our website at midamerica.edu slash podcasts, YouTube, and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Be sure to search Mid-America Reform Seminaries Roundtable. I'm Jared Luchibor. Till next time.